0: It's the Old Radio Comedy Podcast!
1: It's episode 76 of season 2 in time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. And it's also a special Labor Day episode of the podcast, so we're bringing you two back-to-back broadcasts today from My Little Margie. The show was a sitcom that ran from 1952 to 1955, and it starred Gail Storm as 21-year-old Margie Albright and Charles Farrell as her widowed father, Vern Albright. They lived in the Carlton Arms Hotel in New York City, and her father worked as the vice president of the investment firm Honeywell & Todd. The show revolved around the escapades of Margie and her friends and her boyfriend and her father and his bosses. Uniquely, the radio show ran concurrently with the same actors and the same roles in the TV show of the same name. But while all of the television episodes are still available today, and occasionally are aired on various networks, there are only 23 radio episodes surviving. Sit back and relax for the February 20th and June 12th, 1955 broadcasts of My Little Margie. My Little Margie,
2: starring Gail Storm and Charles Farrell, transcribed in Hollywood. (laughs) Margie Albright is a normal, well-adjusted person, but like many other normal people, she has certain little peculiarities, and one of those peculiarities is a tendency to be slightly superstitious. Up to now, this hasn't affected her life one way or another. But now, well, Margie's has just come home from a day of shopping, so let's see what happened.
3: Hi, Dad.
2: Oh, hello, Margie. Been shopping?
3: Mm-hmm. I bought a hat. Look, do you like it? Hmm. Hmm. And, Dad, the most horrible thing happened to me today. I
4: know. I've just seen the hat.
3: <laughs> no, silly. I'm talking about the ladder. What ladder? The one I almost walked under. Walking under a ladder can lead to a terrible disaster.
4: And by not walking under it, you avoided a terrible disaster? Well,
3: certainly. That is, if you don't count the man behind me.
4: Well, what about the man behind you?
3: When I jumped back, I knocked him into a mud puddle. Oh,
4: <laughs> uh, well, Margie, that's terrible. Now, what did the poor man say to you?
3: Shall I leave out the bad words?
4: Well, certainly. Nothing. (laughs) You see, being superstitious causes trouble. It's just a lot of nonsense.
3: It is like
5: heck.
4: Mrs. Odette, you've been snooping at our keyhole.
5: Yes, and it's pretty tiring crouching like that. Believe me, I'm a poop snooper. (laughs) Mrs.
3: Odette, don't you agree that certain things can cause bad luck? Absolutely. I'm very careful about
5: ladders, black cats, number 13, and things like that.
4: Well, how in the world can a black cat cause bad luck?
5: Oh, it does. It really does. One night, my second husband came home and stepped on a black cat. Boy, that was bad luck.
4: In what way?
5: It woke me up and I beat the heck out of him. I'll play the...
3: <laughs> I'm very careful about mirrors, too. I do anything to avoid breaking one.
4: Oh, for Pete's sake. Mrs. Odette, don't tell me you believe it's seven years bad luck if you break a mirror.
3: No, that's one I don't
5: believe in. My fourth husband broke one and he didn't have seven years bad luck. He didn't? Nope, he blew up in an explosion the next
4: day. Goodbye. Margie, you and Mrs. Odette baffle me. Here it is the 20th century, and you still believe in that old-fashioned Tommy rot.
3: Well, it's not that I believe in it. I'm just being careful. No sense taking risks, you know. It's just tempting fate.
4: Oh, this conversation is idiotic. It's getting late. I'm going to bed.
3: So am I. Good night, Dad.
4: Oh, good night. And while you're asleep, don't walk under any ladders. Good morning, Mr. Albright. Hi, Freddie.
3: Morning, Dad. Oh, hello, Freddie.
4: Good morning, you beautiful,
6: ravishing, delicious
4: creature, you.
3: Why, Freddie, I don't have anything other girls don't have.
4: I know, but what you have is better organized.
3: (laughs)
7: Oh,
3: oh, Freddie, how you do go on. And do go on
0: How about going out with me tonight? W- would you like to go see a movie with Tyrone Power?
3: Oh, I'd love to see a movie with Tyrone Power. Who will you go out with? <laughs> <laughs> Pass the coffee,
7: please,
3: Dad. Here you are. Thanks. Gee, I had such a wonderful dream last night. I dreamed I inherited a tremendous fortune. I'm still excited about it.
4: Oh, forget it. It was only a dream.
3: Oh, I can't. This is the third night in a row I've had exactly the same dream.
4: Well, you think you had a dream? How about mine? I dreamed about the funniest thing last
3: night. <laughs> 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 uh, Wasn't it a funny dream, Margie? Well, how do I know what your dream was about? Well, you ought to know about it. You were in it.
7: <laughs> Freddie, forget
3: your dream. Mine was more important. It's a sign. Oh,
4: for goodness sake. First it was ladders, black cats, and mirrors. And now it's dreams. Believe me, dreams don't mean a thing.
7: Yes, they do.
5: <laughs>
7: oh,
4: no, not again. Mrs. Odette, can't we say anything in private?
5: Oh, you can trust me. Anything I hear you say
3: goes in one year and out over my private broadcasting system. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Odette, don't you believe that dreams have a certain significance? Well, of course. Now, you take the dream I had last night. I dreamed that I
5: was all alone on a desert island with 8,000 men. (laughs)
3: Alone on an island with 8,000 men? What happened? What could happen? They built me a boat
4: I thought that dream was supposed to mean something It
5: does It means I should learn to swim So I could sink the boat and swim back
0: well, if you're such a dream expert, does Margie's dream mean anything?
3: Well, it all depends. Margie, was your dream a pleasant one? Oh, well, sure. <laughs> all that money and everything. I like to have dreams like that. Well, I can tell you what to take at bedtime, so you'll have
5: pleasant dreams all the time. What? Here's a formula I used myself a few nights ago. You take a glass of ginger ale, mm-hmm. into it you pour some whiskey. Well,
4: how much whiskey?
5: Oh, as much as you want. Then you stir it with a little stick with a wad of cotton on the end of it.
4: Oh, what for?
5: That makes it a soft drink. (laughs) I made myself one of those, and believe me, I had a nip and tuck dream. (laughs) A nip and tuck dream? Yes. First I took a nip, and then I tuck another. (laughs)
7: Well, if you
4: people don't mind, I'd like to enjoy my breakfast without hearing any more talk about dreams. It's childish.
3: I've had the same dream over and over again that I'm going to inherit a fortune, and I firmly believe that I'm on the verge of something big.
4: You are a big disappointment. You know, Mr. Albright, lots of people have little superstitions. They're not so terrible. Well, of course they're not. Every profession has them, in fact. Pilots don't like to go up without their good luck shoes. People in the theatrical profession won't whistle in a dressing room or or throw a hat on a bed. Well, how do you know so much about the theatrical profession? Oh, I used to know a burlesque comedian. Burlesque? Hmm, you know what burlesque is. That's the place where you can inspect the merchandise, but they won't let you take it outside.
7: (laughs) Well,
4: go on. My point is that these little superstitions are harmless. Even lend an air of exclusiveness to each profession. Uh, But uh, but I'm afraid Margie is carrying it too far. Uh, That inheritance dream of hers, for instance. uh She's even making a list now of what she's going to do with the money. That's bad. Pure fantasy, that's what it is. Now, I'd like to cure her of all those crazy notions of bad luck, good luck, and dreams. Have you thought of a way to do it yet? Mm, No, not yet, but... Have you got any ideas on how to do it? Sure. Take a rabbit's foot, rub it in poison ivy, and then give it to her and see how much good luck it brings her.
7: Freddie.
4: Freddie, it's certainly strange the way things work out in nature.
7: What do you mean?
4: It takes the head of a jackass to talk about the foot of a rabbit. <laughs> Margie, here's a letter for you.
3: A letter? Well, let's see who it's from. It's from a law firm. Cottle, Bonnell, Pomerantz, and Thayer.
4: Gee, sounds important. Open it up and read it.
3: My dear Miss Albright. <laughs>
4: Dad! What is it, Margie?
3: This letter. It says a man with the name of Death Valley Pete just died and left me a trunk full of gems. A trunk full of gems? They say the gems are on the way. But, Dad, I never knew any Death Valley, Pete.
4: Oh, yes, you did. It happened many years ago when you were a little girl. I got friendly with an old bum in the park. And when I gave you a dollar for some candy and ice cream, you gave it to him. He swore he'd never forget you for it.
3: Gosh, I don't remember that at all. He was Death Valley, Pete?
4: Yeah. I guess it pays to be kind to people.
3: No, it doesn't. (laughs) What do you mean? I was kind
5: to a man once and he tried to take advantage of me.
4: You mean he insisted on making love to you?
3: No, he refused. (laughs) Well, in this case, it certainly paid. (laughs) Imagine a trunk full of gems and all for me.
4: (laughs) Margie, here's a big heavy trunk for you. It was left downstairs with the janitor. Oh, that's
3: it. That's it. Drag it in, Freddie.
4: Okay. Here, here. I'll, I'll give you a hand.
3: All right. <coughs> leave it right there, Dad.
7: Yeah.
3: You see? My dream of inheriting a fortune did come true. And you laughed at me.
4: You win, Margie. I, I guess you were right.
3: A trunk full of gems. I'm wealthy, fabulously, incredibly wealthy. My eyes will probably bulge out looking at such a fabulous collection. Come on, Dad, help me get the lid of this trunk up. Oh, I can hardly wait to see it all.
4: Ah, uh, there it is, Margie. <laughs> oh,
7: no. oh, Dad, I-, I don't
3: understand. His. That's my fortune?
4: Oh, looks that way. Loaded from top to bottom, too. <laughs>
3: but there aren't any jewels in there.
4: Well, they weren't supposed to be. Just gems. And that's what they are. Hundreds of them. Those
3: are gems?
4: Sure. Razor blades. Oh.
2: Starting this coming Tuesday night, two familiar favorites for mystery and thrills will be heard on the same evening on most of these same stations. It's a new night and time for Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, moving to Tuesday night. And it's CBS Radio's Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, returning to begin a new series of action-packed murder mysteries. Remember, this coming Tuesday night, here's Suspense at its new night and time. And Mr. Keene, trazer of lost persons. Again at the star's address. And now back to my little Margie. Well, the huge fortune that Margie thought she was inheriting turned out to be nothing but a trunk full of razor blades.
3: Dad, I can't figure it out. If I gave a dollar to Death Valley Pete, as you say I did, why should he express his gratitude by leaving me a trunk full of razor blades?
4: He probably used that dollar to get a shave. <laughs>
3: Oh, stop laughing at me.
4: Well, Margie, I hope this cures you of putting so much faith in dreams.
3: Boy, it sure does. I dream of a fortune and I wind up with a flock of razor blades. There must be a thousand of them here.
4: I paid for 1,200 of it. What did
3: you say?
4: Gosh, Margie, it wasn't my idea. It was your father's. Quiet, you.
3: (laughs) Oh, you played this trick on me, huh, Dad?
4: Oh, well. What harm is there in playing a little joke? My mother played a very funny joke with my father.
3: What was the joke? Freddy.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Margie, I just wanted you to stop putting so much faith in dreams. It it, it was becoming an obsession with you. Your father's right, Margie. There's nothing in dreams. I hadn't experienced myself once. I was going to the racetrack one day, and the night before, I had a dream in which I saw nothing but hats. All kinds and shapes.
3: You dreamt about hats?
4: Yeah. And then the next day at the racetrack, I looked over the program, and there was a horse named Hat Check Girl in the first race. So I put all my money on it. What happened? Hat Check Girl finished last. Who won? Some horse by the crazy name of Sombrero. <laughs> It just goes to show you there's nothing in dreams. Well, there's nothing in your head either. (laughs) Well, Margie, i played a trick on you, and I'm sorry. There's nothing more I can say. And now I've got to get to the office. I'll I'll see you later.
3: Goodbye. Well,
4: I'll see you tonight, Margie. Long.
3: Mrs. Odette, they haven't heard the last of this. Imagine pulling a mean, nasty, despicable trick like that on me. What are you going to do about
7: it? Let's
3: see now. There must be some... Mrs. Odette, uh, what's that piece of paper sticking out of your pocket? Oh, I don't know.
5: I was in a taxi today and I found
3: it on the seat. It's some sort of a a crudely drawn map. Let me see it. Oh, It is a map. It's my Central Park, and it reads twenty feet from Bridle Path. Oh, it's probably
5: some rendezvous where lovers meet. <laughs> <laughs> No, it couldn't
3: be. I know them all.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: this arrow points to some sort of a cave. And look at these two words Evam Enos. I wonder what that means. Sure, it's me. Wait a minute, Mrs. Oh, Odette. This is it. Well, I'll plant this map in the trunk, and when Dad and Freddie accidentally discover it, they'll think it's a map showing the hiding place of some buried treasure. But why will your father think there's a buried treasure there? Because I know my father. All I have to say is that it isn't buried treasure, and he'll say, Margie, I know a treasure map when I see one. And then I'll let them dig and dig and dig until they get blisters on their hands. <laughs> Goody! <laughs> Mrs. Odette, but there's just one thing that bothers me. Is it a very mean trick? Well... Uh, yes. Good, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dad, now that you had your fun, will you please get rid of this trunk full of razor blades?
4: Oh, no, sure. Uh, give me a hand, Freddy.
3: Oh, it's uh, rather
5: heavy. Uh, why don't you empty the blades into this empty carton? Oh, good
4: idea. Uh, open the trunk, Freddy. Okay. Um, now, now tip it over.
5: Look at this piece of paper I found at the bottom of the trunk. What is it? I don't know. It's got lines and arrows and figures on it. Well, let me see.
4: Say, you've got an old map, Mrs. Odette.
5: Let's not get personal, Bob.
4: Let me see it. Hmm. Hmm. It is an old map. Look, look, this arrow points to some sort of a cave. And in Central Park. Now, look, look, this is the bridle path, but but what are these two words here? Evam Enots. Evam Enots? Whoever wrote that must be real stupid. Probably some backward guy. Wait a minute, that's it. What? Evam Enots. Spelled backwards, that means move stone. Yeah, that's right. Hey, it is backwards. Gosh, Marcy, what do you know?
3: <laughs> a straw cab cab, what's that? Backwards, spelled backwards.
7: Uh, Margie. <laughs>
4: Margie, stop clowning. This is a map of some sort. Huh? Freddy, where did you get this old trunk? In a little second hand place near the waterfront. The waterfront? Say, maybe this is some sort of a treasure map.
3: Oh, Dad, that's ridiculous.
4: Margie, I know a treasure map when I see one.
3: What did I tell you, Mrs. O'Dell?
4: Oh, gosh, maybe it's a pirate map.
3: Oh, Freddie, that's silly. Pirates in New York? Sure, I've seen pirates in New York many
4: times.
7: <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I have, playing the Giants at the Polo ground. <laughs> Dad, stop getting excited over some silly map. There's nothing to it. Of course not. Now you take my fifth husband, Newbold.
4: I I don't want him.
5: Neither did I, but I was stuck with him. (laughs) Anyway, he once found a map showing the location of a quartz mine.
4: A quartz mine?
5: Yes. It was supposed to be loaded with quartz. Newbold went looking for it, and when I found him, the mine was empty, the courts were empty, and Newbold was loaded.
1: <laughs>
7: <laughs>
4: well, nevertheless, I'm going to investigate this. We'll go tonight when there aren't too many people in the park. Now, uh, Freddy, get a pick and shovel. Okay, I just think, Mr. Albright, we may strike a bonanza. If we do, we'll split it.
3: Yes, we'll have a bonanza split.
2: (laughs) Well, while our treasure seekers are on their way to Central Park to dig for buried treasure, we take you to the railroad station. On track four, the chief has just arrived followed by a squaw and six
7: papooses. (laughs) And on
2: track six, a train has just pulled in from Sing Sing Prison. Stepping down from the platform is a notorious character known as Lefty Louie. He is greeted by his buddy, Flathead Nelson.
6: Why, you lefty old pal, how's it feel to get out of stir? Great, Flathead, great. (laughs) Ah, Smell that zone. Hey, uh, Lefty, did you like them books I sent you? Ah, uh, fine books. you sent a guy in a big house. Vacation guide. The great outdoors. The open road. <laughs> Why do you at least stick a file in one of them? Oh, well, uh, anyways, you're out. Well, pal, now i up let's go dig up that loot from that armored car stick-up we pulled five years ago. I can just taste that 50 grand. Where's the map? Uh... I don't know how to tell you this, Lefty, uh, but I ain't got it. You well, ain't got it? <laughs> no, I ain't got it. What the heck are you trying to double-cross me? No, Lefty, I wouldn't cross you. I wouldn't cross no one. For 50 grand, you'd cross the Atlantic Ocean in a paper bag.
7: <laughs> uh,
6: I, I, I'm telling you, Lefty, I, I lost the map in a taxi cab today. But don't you worry. I, I memorized it. I got it all here in me little flathead. I can lead you to that cave blindfold.
3: How's it coming, Dad?
4: Mm. Okay, we'll be under the rock soon. Mm. <laughs> mm, if we find the
7: treasure <laughs> mm, We'll all be rich <laughs>
4: Mr. Albright, I'm tired You dig for a while and I'll grunt <laughs> Uh, let's see if we can move this rock now
3: mm. It is moving And look, there is a cave behind it
4: Come on, come on, let's go in My, it right. it's musty and damp in here
3: Dad, look, over there Why, it looks like a metal box
4: Oh, so it is And there's lettering on it G R. I-N-K-S. Grinks. (laughs) Why? Why, that's the name of that armored car that was held up five years ago. I remember, and they never found the loot. This must be it.
3: The crooks must have hidden it here and... What's happened?
4: uh, A cave-in. Look, the
3: entrance of the cave is blocked. Gosh, it's so dark in here. I can't see a thing.
4: Oh, me either.
3: Neither can I.
5: <laughs> Who kissed me?
3: <laughs> I thought it was Margie. What are
4: we going to do? Oh, I don't know.
7: What's that? Oh,
4: oh, water dripping from the roof of the cave.
7: So
3: what time is it now?
4: I looked at the luminous dial at my wristwatch. Oh, what does it say? Lon Dean
7: Hour. <laughs> I can't stand that drip. Please, let's
4: not get personal. (laughs) Uh, Trapped here in a cave right in the heart of Central Park. And right above us, people are free, happy, out walking.
7: (laughs) There goes a man.
4: There goes a woman.
3: There goes a little boy.
4: I didn't hear anything.
3: He's wearing
7: sneakers.
3: (laughs)
4: I'm getting scared. It it feels like the end. I I can see my whole life going before me.
3: So can I.
4: Mm. And I can see my life, too.
3: Ah! (laughs) Mrs. Odette, what's the matter? I just saw mine.
7: <laughs> oh.
3: hey, hey,
6: listen, is it? Sounds like somebody's digging their way in.
5: Oh, thank goodness we'll be saved.
6: Okay, Flathead. Turn on the flashlight. Well, well, well. Flathead, do you see what I see? Two Danes, a guy, and a gopher. <laughs> I don't remember them being here when we hid the loot five years ago.
3: Dad, these must be the men who held up the armored car.
6: That's right, sister. And now we'll just take that loot and... That... No, bless, Lefty, uh, interrupt that gun.
3: Thank goodness the police!
6: Well, yeah, we figured Lefty would lead us to this loot. So when he got out of jail today, we following him. Okay, man. come on, take him away.
7: Well, well right.
4: that's over with. Come on, we might as well go home. Well, Margie, after this experience, I hope you forget about superstitions.
3: Oh, don't worry, Dad, I'm cured. No more superstitions for me. Oh, look, over there in the grass, a four-leaf clover. I'm going to get it.
4: Uh, Margie, I thought you said no more superstitions.
3: Oh, but I can't pass up a four-leaf clover. That's bound to bring good fortune. I'm going to pick it.
6: Hello there. Oh, hello, officer. Well, those two criminals are on the way to headquarters.
3: Oh, hello there, officer. <laughs> Look at the four-leaf clover I just found. It's going to bring me good luck.
6: Hmm. Where'd you find it?
3: Right over there in the grass.
6: What's your name?
3: Margie Albright. Address? 792 Park Avenue.
6: Okay. Here you are. What's this? A ticket for walking on the grass.
4: Well, (laughs) that's my little Margie.
2: Now, Rosemary Clooney sings twice a week on CBS Radio. Enjoy Rosemary Clooney every Tuesday and Thursday evening on most of these same stations, alternating with the Perry Como Show, which comes your way every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, same time at the Star's Address. There's pleasure in every note, and there's a special note of pleasure for all, because now Rosemary Clooney sings twice a week, And the Perry Como Show is heard three times weekly at the Star's Address. My Little Margie stars Gail Soham and Charles Farrell and is based on characters created by Frank Fox and produced, directed, and transcribed by Gordon T. Hughes for Hal Roach, Jr. and Roland Reed. My Little Margie is written by Jack Harvey and Lee Carson. Verna Felton is Mrs. Odette and Gil Stratton, Jr. is Freddie. Others in the cast were Lou Krugman, Herb Vigran, and Ken Christie. I'm Roy Roy. Be with us next week for another episode of My Little Margie.
8: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little Morris, America's Finest Cigarette, presents My Little Margie, starring Gail Storm and Charles Farrell, transcribed in Hollywood. Good news for all King Smokers, Philip Morris now costs no more than other leading King Size Cigarettes. Philip Morris has always been a premium quality cigarette. And Philip Morris Kings have always sold at a premium price. Now the premium quality is still there, but the premium price is out. Today, Philip Morris Kings sell to your dealer at no higher price than other leading king-size cigarettes. So now it costs you no more to enjoy the best. Philip Morris Kings, buy the carton or pack. Premium quality at no premium price.
7: Oh!
2: Sometimes, the only way Margie can get her father to do something she wants is to trick him into it. And it looks like tonight is one of those times. As we look in on the Albright apartment, we find Margie hatching a plot with her friend and neighbor, Mrs. Odette.
9: Now, remember, Mrs. Odette, the idea is to persuade my father to go away for a few days to Silver Lake up in the mountains. And naturally, we want him to take us with him.
5: Of course, we'd all enjoy the vacation. (laughs) But how do we put your father in that frame of mind? We'll have to soften him up. You think you can do it? Oh, I'll soften him up, all right. When I get through with him, he'll be so soft. When he walks, he'll squish. Oh, that's fine. You'll have to call him gooey for sure.
7: What are you
9: laughing at, Haji? I was just thinking. Poor men. They haven't got a chance against us women. Yeah. Suckers! <laughs> oh, honestly, Mrs. Odette. Sometimes I think you. Shh, quiet. I think I hear Dad coming.
10: Hello, Margie. Hi, Mrs. Odette. Hello, Mr. Albright.
9: Dad, it's so nice to see you. Come here. Sit down in your favorite chair. I think you'll enjoy it more than ever tonight.
10: I will. Oh, why?
9: I've been sitting in it to warm it up for you. <laughs>
10: It's a warm evening, Margie. I don't think I'll be comfortable sitting in a warm seat.
5: Stand aside, Mr. All I'll blow on it and cool it off.
7: <laughs>
5: Never
10: mind, Mrs. Odette. It's a chair, not hot soup.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm not
10: used to all this attention. Now, come on. What- what's this all about?
9: Well, all right. We wanted you to go away for a few days to Silver Lake.
10: You need a rest. There's nothing wrong with me. I feel fine. Now look, girls, I'm much too busy to take a few days off.
9: Well, that's the very reason you should.
5: You're keeping your nose too close to the grindstone. Yes, you wear it off. <coughs> and then when you get rich, you won't have anything left to turn off at your neighbor's.
9: <laughs>
11: Hello, Albright. Hi, Margie, Miss Lodette.
9: Oh, Mr. Honeywell, what brings you around?
11: A glass of water, but whiskey's quicker. (laughs) Oh, no. You know, when I tell a little joke now and then, it makes me feel better. Oh, it isn't that you
10: feel better. You just seem that way because everybody else is sicker. (laughs) Fine
11: way to talk to your boss. Margie, what ails this sourpuss?
9: We're trying to get him to go up to the lake for a few days, but he keeps repulsing us.
11: Yeah, he's pretty repulsive. (laughs) Why don't you want to go, Albright?
10: Well, what am I going to do with that lake stuck up in the mountain somewhere? Am I going to have any fun?
11: No, I guess not. You'll get worn out pulling in all those big fish you're going to catch. Hmm.
9: Hmm, yeah. And you'll probably be bored sitting on the beach all day watching all the bathing beauties parading around.
10: Yeah. Oh, you know, Margie, I was just thinking.
9: What about that?
10: Oh, it's been a long time since I threw out a line and hooked anything.
5: (laughs) A trout or a bathing beauty?
10: <laughs> uh, come on, Margie, Mrs. Odette. Let's get all this stuff packed.
9: Hey, Dad, you've got pup tents here, sleeping bags, kerosene stove, hunting knives, axes. What's a big idea? Oh, I
10: decided to make a camping trip out of it. We'll go to the other side of the lake and rough it. Rough it? Yes, I'm the rugged type. I I like to drink my coffee out of doors.
5: Don't you get splinters in your lips?
10: (laughs) What's the fun of putting up at a hotel? Let's get out and commune with Mother Nature.
0: Hi, everybody. Oh,
9: hi, Freddy boy.
10: Well, well. Freddie Wilson himself, in the flesh...
0: Yeah, I wear it every time I go out. (laughs) And that's what I wish you'd do.
9: Dad, don't be harsh with Freddie. He's only a
5: boy.
10: I know, but a boy what?
5: Well, Freddie. now that you're here, make yourself useful. Help us pack this
9: stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. You'll find some things in the other room. Bring them in.
0: Oh, with pleasure, Margie. I'll
10: be right back. Uh, Mrs. Odette, hand me those blankets. And I've got room in this trunk for your bathing suit, too.
5: Oh, I'm not going swimming. I've been up to Silver Lake before, and the swimming there is awfully dangerous. But the water isn't rough at all. Oh, it's not that. I like to float on my back. And people kept docking their boats on me.
9: She's only kidding, Dad.
0: Pack her bathing suit. Okay. Oh, Mr. Albright.
10: What is it, Freddie? Have you
0: got a good memory for faces? Oh, yes. Why do you ask? I just broke your shaving mirror. (laughs)
9: What? Dad, anybody can make a mistake.
10: Okay, okay. Margie, you'll find a little folded up square of rubber in the closet. Uh, Get it for me, please.
9: Okay, Dad. You mean this thing that's folded over like a package? Uh, Yes. What is
10: it? It's a collapsible rubber boat. I bought it at a war surplus store. Now, let me have it.
9: What's this little red button on it?
10: Well, you push it to inflate the boat. I wonder how it works. Oh, Margie, Margie, don't touch it.
5: They're all right. The boat's got it It's got her pinned inside the closet.
0: She can't get out. Don't be scared, Margie. Just grab one of the oars and roll yourself out. (laughs) Well, let's
10: not stand around in the hall, Margie. Uh, Are we all set to go?
9: Yes, Dad. The windows are closed, the blinds drawn, and the door locked.
10: Well, we're all set for our vacation. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, Margie, uh, how about the milkman?
9: I'm sorry, Dad. He'll have to go on his own vacation.
10: (laughs) Well, come on. I'll put the steamer trunk, the two foot lockers, and the duffel bags in the trunk compartment of the car. and the three suitcases, in the hat box, in the back seat. And we three will ride up front.
0: Where will I ride, Mr. Albright? You? You're not going. (laughs) I'm not. Okay. Margie... What'll I do without you?
9: I'll only be gone three days, Freddie.
0: Margie, I can't let you go, leaving me all alone without someone to lean on. It'll be a big shock to me to suddenly have to face the world. It's going to be quite a shock to the world.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Freddie.
0: Give me one more second, Margie. Let me drink in your perfume. Go ahead, Margie. Get him a cup full. <laughs>
9: I hate to go without you. Oh, Freddie!
10: Oh, Margie! Oh, nuts!
7: <laughs> come on,
10: come on! It's getting late, and I want to.
5: There's your phone, Mr. Albright.
10: Oh yeah, I'll just see who it is, and and then we'll go. Ah, uh, hello? Oh yes, yes, it is. Oh, oh, hello, Mr. Green. Uh, yes, yes. Uh huh. Oh, yes. Fine.
9: Who was it, Dad?
10: Oh, Mr. Green from Cleveland. I, I've been trying to get his business for six months. He said he just came to town and he wants to come over this evening and talk to me.
9: Well, so what do we do?
10: Well, Margie, remember what you said when you packed this steamer trunk, the two foot lockers, the duffel bags, and the three suitcases and the hat box?
9: Uh huh. I said if I ever had to unpack and then pack them again, I'd scream.
10: Well, let her fly, baby. I've got my fingers in my ears. <laughs>
2: pretty fancy riding. Come on,
5: I'll race you to the stable.
2: Good. Horseback riding is lots of fun, especially for young America. They get more out of everything they do. And no wonder their senses are keener, sharper, more alive, including their sense of taste. That's why Philip Morris travels with the
8: younger set. Philip Morris cigarettes contain more vintage tobacco. Vintage tobacco is tobacco grown under ideally balanced conditions. Just the right amount of sunshine, just the right amount of moisture. A combination that makes the plants grow tall and good. With a delicacy of flavor you can get out of no other tobacco. And, of course, this delicate flavor is carefully guarded in every step of making a Philip Morris with the most modern precision instruments and quality controls. So every Philip Morris reaches you with its full share of flavor with uniform quality. So follow the lead of young America. Smoke
2: Philip Morris king size. Their greater length ensures a greater measure of gentleness and flavor. Next time you do the family shopping, pick up a carton of Philip Morris. Well, the camping trip has been temporarily canceled. It is now evening, and Mr. Green, the prospective client, is visiting Mr. Albright.
6: Well, Mr. Albright, I'd like become your client.
11: Then again,
7: <laughs> I don't know.
11: You uh, have a good company.
10: Then again, so is your competitor. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's true. Uh,
5: Mr. Alright, may I see you a moment, please?
10: Uh, of course. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Green. Uh What is it, Mrs. Odette?
5: I'm getting impatient. That man's conversation flows like mushy tapioca.
10: (laughs) What am I going to do? He can't make up his mind. He's a hard man.
5: The sooner he makes up his mind, the sooner we can leave.
10: The trouble with Green is he's a slow thinker. If he'd only make up his mind a little faster.
5: Well, you might be able to make him think faster. Try talking about fast things. Maybe it'll speed him up.
10: Oh, it's worth a try. Uh, pardon the interruption, Mr. Green. Uh, where were we? Uh, I was saying... uh, is how I'd like to be... your client. (laughs) But I don't want to rush... into things... (laughs) uh, Oh, yes, yes, I know Uh, Mr. Green, we're living in an age of speed Quick decisions Uh, Do you realize commercial airliners zip along over 400 miles an hour And jet planes have passed the speed of sound? Now, what do you think of that? I think that's wonderful, really remarkable Everything is rapid motion Messages are received in the twinkling of an eye Guided missiles fly thousands of miles an hour. Why, so fast they're almost invisible. Now, don't you think people should
11: keep pace? I certainly do. It's a shame the way people waste time. Time is money. Men have to make up their minds. Things are happening so fast. We have to be fast, too. Yes, everything's going faster, faster, faster.
10: Uh, Now, what is your split second decision about doing business with my firm? (laughs) Well, that's very
0: interesting. How long is your father going to be busy with this Mr. Green?
9: Who knows? All we can do is sit here in the corner and watch them. As soon as they're through, we'll take off again.
0: Margie, I'll, I'll bet you're glad to be going away without me. I'll bet you can hardly wait to leave me behind.
9: Freddie, I'm not happy about it at all. You are too. I am not. You're
0: just being narrow-minded. Narrow-minded? I am not. I'm as thick-headed as anybody. <laughs> Surely,
9: I feel terrible about going away without you. And I don't even want to go camping at all. But I can't tell Dad without looking silly about it.
0: Well, the way your father is speeding up that Mr. Green's thinking, it looks like the deal is going to be made any minute. Yeah. And then off you go on a trip you don't want to make.
9: Hey, Freddy, Hmm? I was just thinking... Suppose I try and slow down Mr. Green. He'll have trouble making up his mind again. Why, it might take months before Dad goes on that trip, and he might never even go at all.
0: Go ahead, Margie. Go to work on Mr. Green.
9: Oh, pardon me, Dad. I hate to interrupt, but why don't you get Mr. Green the hors d'oeuvres?
10: Huh? Oh, certainly. Uh, I'll go get them.
9: Mr. Green, what do you think of the proposition my father is
11: offering you. It's good. He can make me some excellent investments, sound programs he lays out, wonderful future. I like the way he talks.
9: Just don't rush into things, Mr. Green. Dad's a fast talker, you know.
11: Well, I'm just about ready to tell him I'm signing as a client.
9: Well, it's an important decision, Mr. Green. Haste makes waste, you know.
7: Uh...
9: Huh. Take a week to think it over. Uh... Huh?
7: (laughs) Take
11: a... Month? Uh,
7: Huh. (laughs) Take a
6: year...
10: Ah, Mr. Green, eat up. <laughs> now, uh, how about signing on the dotted line?
11: Well, now, Mr. right, I uh, need a little more time to think it over. Huh? I'll let you know in a week. Or two. Or eight. You'll hear... From me Good
7: Night
10: <laughs> What happened?
9: Ready, I did it Now Dad will stay in town until the deal is closed Oh,
10: boy Margie, I've come to a decision about that camping trip we were all thinking of going on.
9: What decision is that,
0: then?
10: Inasmuch as there's no telling how much time Mr. Green intends to take before he makes up his mind, we're leaving the first thing in the morning.
0: Ouch! I've been stabbed!
10: (laughs) Oh, Mr. Honeywell,
11: it's mighty decent of you to drop in this evening and give us a hand with the packing. Oh, no, no, not at all, my boy. Now, personally, I think you took too much in your pack this morning.
9: Yes, we certainly did. Oh,
11: you've got to cut down. Mm, you're right. Marjorie. we're taking just the essentials
10: and some light fishing tackle. If we need anything up there, we can use fish to get it.
9: Fish? What are you talking about?
10: Well, the tradespeople up there on the other side of the lake are real backwoods types. They use fish as money.
9: They use fish as money? Yes, well, they must have a messy time playing the slot machines. <laughs>
11: well, I think you've got this packing situation under control. Now, when are you leaving? Oh, first thing in the morning. Fine. I may come by to see you all. Good night.
9: Good night, Miss Honeywell.
11: Good night, boss. Thanks.
10: Oh, Margie, it's really going to be exciting camping out in the woods. Why, we might even find some deer tracks.
9: Oh, Dad, that's silly.
5: A deer doesn't run on
9: tracks.
10: (laughs) Margie, are you kidding me, or are you really... You're all
5: right. I'm wearing my new camping outfit. How do you like it?
10: Hmm, it fits too tightly on you, Mrs. Odette. Uh, You won't be comfortable. Why not? Well, tight clothes stop the circulation.
5: You're crazy. A woman in tight clothes is always in circulation. (laughs)
10: I give up. Now, listen, Margie, when we get up to Silver Lake, the first thing I want you to do is pitch the tent.
5: Pitch the tent?
10: Well, you know how to pitch a tent, don't you?
5: Sure, but who's going to catch it? (laughs) Margie, you pitch it, I'll catch it, and let your father try to hit it. (laughs)
10: Oh, something tells me that you girls aren't ready for camping out in the woods. You need practice
5: practice? What do you mean?
10: Well, before we go, Vern Albright, the old woodsman, is going to give you a few camping pointers up on the roof.
5: You mean you want us to camp out on the roof?
10: Yes, the whole night. We're going to simulate actual woodcraft conditions.
5: We're going to simulate actual woodcraft
9: conditions?
10: That's right.
9: I'll be right back.
10: Where are you going?
9: I'm going out to get a corsage of poison ivy.
2: Say what you will, ladies. Some things are wonderful, and solitaire cake makeup is one of them. You'll put it at the top of your list of wonderful things once you try it. Believe me, solitaire is not like any makeup you've ever used. Cake, cream, liquid, or pressed powder. Solitaire is different. Why different? Consider this. Solitaire covers perfectly. Hides little lines and blemishes. Gives your complexion the most flawless look, even close up. Yet solitaire is feather light. Look sheer, feel sheer, is sheer. And always remember, there's no finer makeup at any price, nor one more pleasant and flattering to wear. In order to get Margie and Mrs. Odette's ready for their trip, Mr. Albright has decided that they'll camp out all night up on the roof. We find them now on the roof of their apartment house, surrounded by their camping paraphernalia.
10: Come on, girls. I'll get a little campfire going, and we'll cook our supper. There, I've got the firewood burning pretty well.
9: Hey, Dad, look at those dark clouds in the sky.
5: I hope it doesn't rain.
10: Nonsense. It's not going to rain. I can tell. There's no rain up in those clouds.
5: Yeah, but they could be empties going back for another load. (laughs)
7: Listen,
10: I'm an old woodsman, and I can tell about rain. It's not going to rain tonight. I'd bet ten to one on that.
5: Mr. Albright, you've just been faded (laughs) Dad, the rain just put the fire out
10: Oh, I'll light another fire as soon as the rain lets up
5: Look, the rain stopped It was just a fast sprinkle
10: Fine, I'll make some coffee Oh, I'm a great coffee maker
9: Oh, no, uh, here's your old metal coffee cup, Dad. The one you l- used on your last trip.
10: Are you sure that's my cup?
9: Sure. See the scars where the coffee you made ate away the aluminum coating? <laughs> Come on, Mr. right, Light
5: the fire.
10: Well, the wood is all wet. i, I better chop up some more firewood. There. Now, now I'll just put a match to it. And now the fire is really blazing.
9: I sure hope it doesn't rain anymore tonight.
10: Impossible. It can't come down again.
5: (laughs) Mr. Albright. Don't look now, but the rain that didn't come down put out the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, I'm getting soaked to the skin.
10: Well, hurry up. Let's put up the tents. The
5: tents? Are you nuts? (laughs) What's the matter? That firewood you used. You chopped up the tent
7: pole.
5: Oh, oh, no.
9: Dad, I'm getting wet. Let's go downstairs.
10: Nothing doing. We're staying up here all night, uh, just as we'd have to do if we were really in the woods. Now, come on, do as I do. Put your sleeping bag over the air mattress and climb into the bag. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Oh,
5: my goodness. What was that noise, Mr. Mr. Albright.
10: I forgot to take off my hunting knife and it punctured my air mattress.
5: Okay, oh, goodness. I thought you were letting the air out of your head. <laughs>
10: oh, but now there's nothing between my back and these pebbles on the roof but a thin sleeping bag. Oh, it's uncomfortable.
9: We'll get out of the bag and we'll figure something out.
10: Okay. Mm. Uh, mm. Oh, Margie.
9: What is it? Oh, the
10: zipper is rusted. I'm locked in.
5: You can't get out of the bag?
10: No, and these pebbles are digging into my back, and the rain is coming down on my face.
5: Well, take your hunting knife and cut the bag open. I
10: can't do that. I wouldn't have anything to sleep in. Oh, what am I going to do?
5: That's your problem, Davy Crockett. <laughs>
0: Morning, Mr. Honeywell, fancy meeting you at the Albright door.
11: There's nothing fancy about it. I came over here to bid him a plain and simple goodbye. Oh, I understand. You should. You're plain
0: and simple.
7: <laughs> hey,
0: look! The door is open. Hmm? Hello. Anybody home?
11: Oh, let's go in. Hey, all the bags and camping equipment are gone.
0: Well, what do you know? It looks like they left extra early for Silver Lake. Look, kid, I
11: just got a mad desire to head for the tall timber myself. You want to come with me and we'll join the Albright's up there?
0: Do I? I'll say.
11: Well, come on. Let's get packed fast and we'll take off. Maybe we can even catch up with them on the road.
0: Oh, boy, camping. I've never been camping.
11: Oh, you'll love it. Even if we don't find the Albright's up there, we'll stay for about a week anyway. Think of it, Freddie.
0: Fresh air, sunshine, sleeping in a pup tent. Oh, I-, I don't want to sleep in a pup tent. Why not? The barking will keep me away.
7: <laughs>
10: oh, open the door, Margie. I want to go in and collapse.
9: Oh, me too. I'm so worn out
5: I could hardly drag myself off the roof. None of us ate or got any sleep. We're hungry, dirty, miserable, and unhappy. I've got only one word to say for camping in the open. Fooey!
10: Strangely enough, I feel the same way. I'll never go on another outing, so help me, Hannah.
5: Yeah, let Hannah go for herself. well, I'm glad
9: the trip is off now. I can be with Freddie
10: i I think I'll call the office and tell Mr. Honeywell I'm coming in today. Ah, oh, hello, Betty. Uh, this is Mr. Albright. Let me speak to Mr. Honeywell, please. What,
9: Dad? What's the matter?
10: Well, Mr. Honeywell and Freddie left for Silver Lake and won't be back for a week.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: Now then, here are Charles Farrell and Gail Storm. Say, Charlie, I heard you telling Gail last week how beautiful girls look in the summer. Oh, yes, when they acquire those beautiful berry-brown complexions and that luscious tan on shoulders, arms, and legs. Yes, but what about the many, many gals that just can't take time to sunbathe in the summer?
9: Oh, Roy, that's simple. All they need do is to wear one of the gorgeous summer shades of solitaire cake makeup. You see, solitaire gives any gal just the kind of beautiful outdoorsy look she wants in the summer. The fact is, you can't tell a summer shade of solitaire from an actual tan. Solitaire looks so natural. That's why so many of us who can't always be sun tanning wear solitaire cake makeup for complexion, shoulders, arms, and legs.
2: Get a compact tomorrow. Solitaire by Campana. (laughs) My Little Margie stars Gail Storm and Charles Farrell and the based on characters created by Frank Potts and produced, directed, and transcribed by Gordon P. Hughes for Hal Roach, Jr. and Roland Reed. My Little Margie is written by Lee Carson. Berna Felton is Mrs. Odette, Gil Stratton Jr. is Freddie, and Will Wright is Mr. Honeywell. Jack Moyle was Mr. Green. I'm Roy Rowan. <laughs> If you're short on willpower and long on overweight, you need help to reduce. You need AIDS, A-Y-D-S, delicious low-calorie candy enriched with vitamins and minerals. Enjoy AIDS before meals as directed. It curbs your appetite for fattening foods and desserts. You automatically eat less. You avoid hunger pangs. The AIDS plan is guaranteed to help you lose weight with your first box, price two ninety-eight dollars or money back. Ask for aids at drug and department stores. Listen again next week to My Little Margie, brought to you next Sunday night by Campana, famous name in cosmetics, creators of solitaire cake makeup.
1: I hope you enjoyed those two episodes from My Little Margie, and I hope everyone has a fun and relaxing Labor Day holiday. We'll see you here again on Friday for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.